The accounts shared on this podcast, including this episode, reflect the guests' thoughtful recollections and opinions of experiences perceived and occurring over many years, including childhood memories, which may be fallible and limited by perspective and trauma. Persons may have different memories regarding certain events. Patty Herbert has an enormous heart, but only half of it is here with us in the United States. The other half is in El Salvador. It's, it's a very small, uh, you know, uh, country, and, and you can be at the beach and with the landscape we have, we have mountains and we uh-huh. have volcanoes, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's, so- it's beautiful. Um, she grew up in a country that looked like it was straight out of a travel calendar, the kind of place we dream about escaping to for a vacation. But just before Patty turned 16, her country was stolen from her, never to be the same again. Today, Patty Herbert tells us about growing up during civil war in El Salvador, when the only way to survive was to be invisible. Welcome to Cava. We want to warn you that this episode contains graphic descriptions of violence that may be disturbing to some listeners. Welcome back to Kava the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. Patty remembers the very first time she was separated from her parents. As a child, she didn't realize how terrifying it was for her parents to not know where she was. She didn't feel lost at all. My first memory, I think I was probably about three years old, and I had gotten lost. I had gotten away from the house, and my mom said that um, I had. Uh, she was just fixing her coffee, and all of a sudden she... She looked around and I wasn't home. And and then she, my dad had just taken off to work. And um, so they started like looking for, for me. They couldn't find me. I mean, to the point that I was lost for, for a couple of hours. I mean, for the police to get involved. Oh, wow. My grandmother who lived, you know, like in the outskirts of the city here over the radio that I that uh, that a little girl had gotten lost and they said my name in there and you know so I, I remember coming home that's my memory coming with the stick just just kind of like uh going back and forth on the sidewalk you know just scraping the sidewalk when my mom came and and hugged me and you know I had wow. gotten away but uh and there was a train that um that uh, went by it and that was their fear that you know maybe mm-hmm. i had someone I'm taking me away and um yeah so uh and you know uh, it, it was traumatizing i think for my parents yes yeah and and oh i was like 
around the corner playing with some goats that you know a little goat a, a oh, goat wow. had had their kids and oh. and I was just so entertained and amused with it so yeah. uh, happy memory in a way what I was doing <laughs> <laughs> but not as much for my parents you know so but that that just got in my head you know that was the first memory i was trying to think because i never you know with the questions that you have asked i never really have stopped and think like right i think that was the earliest memory wow. that, yeah this wouldn't be the last time she and her parents were separated so where did you grow up i grew up in el salvador central okay. america okay yeah beautiful country um you know, it's a tropical country. Um, it's it's a very small, uh, you know, uh, country, and and you can be at the beach and with the landscape we have. We have mountains and we uh -huh. have volcanoes, and it's just it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. Um, and another thing that I really stuck in my memory was like running to some some um, natural springs that were near probably about three miles away from our house okay. uh, and then you know you had waterfalls and that. so oh so oh my goodness it, it, it's, it's you lived in paradise yeah i feel like <laughs> at now i you know here at like hard to find places like that you have to just and just the vegetation, you know, right. it's just like, yeah. Right. So, but you would have mangoes, just about yeah, the Yeah, all kinds of mangoes, you know, mangoes that I don't see that because there's certain different types oh. of, of, yeah, different, different flavors. Yeah. yeah. I see only one yeah. mango. Yeah, but uh, yeah, lots of fruits that you probably haven't, we haven't seen here. So, wow, that's yeah, so neat. yeah, avocados. So. Yeah, it's very, um, you know, you, over there, the soil is not like why well, you have to go buy soil to, right. you just put it on the ground and, you know, you would grow because wow. it's like volcanic soil. So. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Did it, you live in a city? Yeah, I live in the city of San Vicente. It was probably about um, 45 minutes from the capital. Okay. Yeah. So, um yeah, I, I I grew up there and I somebody had goats, so uh -huh. so was it kind of well rural? there was like the subdivision okay. you know but there's there were fields nearby okay. and okay. and uh, yeah so I imagine you know there was no HOAs or anything. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I have no idea where I was, but uh, uh, you know that's what they said. You know yeah. you were just playing with the goats. <laughs> uh, so, so it was you had many things accessible to you yeah um, yeah so that's really neat yeah so it was who was in your family of yeah i had uh seven siblings i had uh, four sisters and three brothers okay. and i was the youngest uh, oh. of, of all of them i uh, the gap is in between uh, my oldest sister is 22 years older than me oh wow yeah so basically i was you know Everybody took care of me, <laughs> so, yeah. so I was I was blessed to to have that, you know, to have a big family and um, yeah. So my mother, uh, um, a sweet lady, uh, very compassionate. Mm -hmm. I just you know learned so much from her, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's just a sweet soul, you know, that had a 
hard for children and elderly and, and, and you know, would try to help them out. Wow. And my dad was, um, my dad was um, a person that almost everybody knew in the, in the town where we lived because he was just very sociable. You know, he belonged to the soccer committee. He was the, uh, the, the, the main guy there for the committee in our neighborhood. And, and he would make, you know, all kinds of activities for the youth. And like, um, so I, you know, I grew up in a, in a family that, that really, uh, you know, made my life feel with, yeah. with, with love, with oh. fun stuff, and yeah. Patty's childhood was full of color and adventure. She and her family were always close, enjoying each other's company and walking through life together. You know, it's just coming home on grandma's, uh, to grandma's home, and she, she used to have a convenience store. And I, I love coming to her place, and and I remember that she had that uh, to weigh, you know, the grains, and right. and I love to just weigh the grains and sell it to people, oh, and nice. and um, uh, coming to her house, you know, she had a big property where there's uh, fruit trees oh, and nice. climbing trees, and we would eat mangoes and and all kinds of tropical fruits, you know, off, just off the trees. And it was just like she had chickens and she had, yeah, chickens and ducks. That's what she had. But wow. it was almost every weekend that, you know, she lived probably about 10 miles away in the outskirts of the city. Uh-huh. And uh, so that was one of my favorite memories, you know, with my grandma. Uh, my dad, like I tell you, he, he, he loved, uh, he was very enthusiastic with um, doing activities for the neighborhood. Like he would do a, um, he would do like a nat- live nativity. He would get a, 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 a child that, you know, was young enough to, to be, he would build the, the, wow. the manger. He would, he would find the mule, he would find the cows. He had a lot of kids, you know, just following the profession with goats and okay. and it was fun. He would do activities, you know, piñatas for the kids and for the youth. He would do like a, like a, a, on Saturdays, you know, like a dancing and stuff just in the neighborhood. So, so he was very enthusiastic and, you know, all those memories just, it's happy memories, yes. you know, that we, I grew up with. And, um, yeah, another awesome. one. Well, trips with the family, you know, to the beach and rivers and and going to like the surfer baths that were near the volcanoes, oh. like hot springs, like surfer. I did not I, know I, remi- I remember my dad, you know, throwing his hat into the craters and, and you know, just like, oh, wow. Throw, yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, now that I think about it, that's probably dangerous, you know, what he was doing <laughs> at that time. You know, you, you're a kid, so, you know, you don't like to have sense right. of danger or anything. No. No. But, you know, he was a fun guy. And chasing butterflies. We had, you know, different beautiful butterflies. I love chasing butterflies. And uh, to buy, you know, it's just like capture him and then, but... um. It's such a such a nice country, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
just playing outdoors with my friends all the time. Oh. That was that was nice, just you know, yeah. on the street. Patty inherited an adventurous spirit from her father, and she learned that she didn't have to hide from danger. This bravery turned out to be a lifesaver as a civil war descended upon her country. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, that came to, um, to what is the word that I'm trying to say, um, to be difficult to do those trips and enjoy our nature and enjoy the trips anymore. You know, once I grew up and, and, and with the war that came, the civil war that we had in El Salvador, really uh, was not that that fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened with the civil war? Well, uh, uh, it's just, uh, you know, like the peasants mm. were not... Um, that really what they were looking for is land reform. Okay. And, you know, there's got so many years of the government taking advantage of the mm, poor and, right. you know, so that they, they reveal and, you know, uh, groups started forming, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's when it came to the guerrillas, you know, the okay. guerrillas and they live up like in the mountains. And, uh-huh. um, but yeah, that's a whole, different thing that, uh, you know, I will probably go on and on. I really don't like to get into politics or anything. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's how we learn. We had to be quiet to survive because we couldn't take any any sides because that was super, super dangerous to do that. So, um, you know, well, the war really changed the way of living, you know. According to the United Nations, this civil war lasted 13 years, and it claimed the lives of over 75,000 people. It was a complicated conflict between the Salvadoran government and a large group of citizens who wanted reform. The United States also financed and trained the Salvadoran military during this time, a controversial decision that put El Salvador in global headlines. So and when did you realize that things were changing? How old were you? I was probably about 15. Okay. And what signs um, did you see? Let me see? see. That was in the 80s. Well, uh, things that we that affected personally in my life uh-huh. were shootings, you know, at night. Oh, okay. Uh, where, you know, it was the, uh, that right and the left would come and start fighting like in the city. Okay. And you didn't know bullets, you, you could feel them very close. So what we would do like three, two, three in the morning, you know, like get on the floor and you know, you, we would just go get on the floor. And and um, so, you know, that was, that was at times I feel like it was almost every night. And, um, so you have so the the fighting would be between the military, yeah, and, and peasant people who were trying to. Well, it, there were groups already, you know, and okay. and then in, into like the leftists um, had what I understood was that the left leftists would uh, um, provide weapons and stuff for okay. the 
for the guerrillas. Okay. Uh, so uh, Cuba and Nicaragua, Russia, you know, all those were because they wanted like socialism and, you know, okay. they, they wanted to, um, to, to, to aid with weapons and training. Okay. Okay. U.S. was helping the military. Okay. Okay. Um, um, in fact, there was like a million dollars daily for that oh, war. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, they trained, they sent people from here okay. over there. Um, and, you know, until now, I mean, there was a massacre called the Mosote Massacre, where they came, a battalion came and just murdered about 800 people in the village. Decapitated, uh, you know, uh, I mean, atrocities. Um, and I couldn't talk about this before. I mean, now it's out in the light. So I don't, right, I right. hope I... <laughs> Uh, but that's what I have read, that now they're uh, being responsible that the, what they call the Atlacat uh, Battalion, uh -huh. I don't know how you say it, uh, was responsible for that. Wow. Uh, but things like, you know, they, they would hide who committed the crimes. Right, right. So you didn't know, you know, as a person of, living in between the right. war or you felt like you know vulnerable yes to lose your life just any right. any time and you so, probably didn't know who to trust no like if that no i know patty's life transformed overnight she no longer got to explore nature with her family each day instead she was taking shelter and wondering when the next attack would happen yeah and uh I mean, to one point that, um, well, as the time went, you know, things became very dangerous, especially for people who live in the outskirts of the, the city. So is that uh, like your grandmother? Like my grandmother. Okay. My grandmother, they went and emptied her store twice. Oh. Well, she didn't leave to see that, but uh, she left the store to my aunt. Okay. She didn't want to move. She didn't want to move. And my mom used to go tell her, you need to move. You need to move. And um, so twice they went and, you know, totally um, empty her store. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then my mom just came with a truck. She said, you leaving. You're coming mm -hmm. with me. I have a house for you. So um, she... Um, she found a house right next to us that you rented a house for her and, and, and brought all her stuff. Then another family that were also family, they came with her because my aunt didn't have any children. You know, it was just my uncle and her. So there was another family that uh, came with them and lived at that house. And uh, there was a night that I, we heard this huge, like it was just near a bomb. Mm -hmm. And and you know everybody just startled and and that's how usually the shootings would start. It would be a bomb first. Oh wow! Yeah, and then you know then the shooting. Um, and then uh, we were just like waiting, what happened after the bomb? And then the shooting started, and my mom was like, "Patty, Patty!" So she didn't know where I was. And this was like almost dark. It was already dark because. 
for me to see the bullets, mm. it was just, you know. So the house was right next to us, but our home was a little higher. Mm -hmm. So there was like a wall that divided the home. So we had put a ladder up mm. here and another one here right. just to just jump and, and gone. So uh, when I heard my mother calling me, you know, I went up the ladder. And when I got to the top of the, 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 the wall, because it was kind of a thick brick wall, uh -huh. then I felt all the bullets just went, oh my goodness. and you could see the lights. I mean, it's like, and then I realized those were, I mean, I, I jumped, you know, from, from there. So, so I was trying to, to tell her, you know, I'm here, I'm safe, you know? So, um, so. I think she heard, but that was very, very scary. Yes. And um, many times, I mean, like I tell you, that place um, that we went um, to, um, we went to uh, to the springs yeah. and run. That was another time. That was another time that we had to get behind the rocks mm -hmm. because another shooting started. So they would um, just pop up, starting fighting. Yeah, oh, all over I mean, the just, place. Yeah, you never knew. What you was never knew happen. where. You never knew where. And um, another one that happened. Um, where well, this one really struck our family because my um, you couldn't really, you know, take any part because your life was in danger. If if the left uh, wing would know that you were like contributing to with the right wing, you know, and and the right wing against the, the the left wing, so you couldn't even take any part of it. Wow. Um. Or, or give out your opinion or anything wow. because it it was risky. The government and the guerrillas would appear out of nowhere like flash mobs. Violence would flood Patty's neighborhood and then dissolve just as suddenly as it arrived. But it didn't just stay in the streets. So, yeah, so uh, I had a cousin who who had gone, her mom lived out in the Oscars, mm -hmm. and she was uh, going to high school. She had not even graduated. Mm -hmm. um, she, she came to visit her mom, and um, she was laying down on her bed. They had a four-year-old uh, in the middle and in the grandmother. I, and they were telling a story to the little girl. When uh, they came and opened the windows and they shot him. Oh. Yeah, it's hard, hard to talk about it still. That's um, awful. But uh, and 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 I heard rumors that they had they 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 have thought that her mother, because she was a nurse, was you know that guerrillas had come and asked her to put some some shots to them, oh. and because she contributed oh. with them, you know. So so you can couldn't get. Absolutely, you know, I don't know if she was forced. If it really right, happened right. that way, you know, you couldn't even talk right. about it. 
Uh, but yeah, this happened. The little girl, the four-year-old, survived. Oh, she wow. still, yeah, she survived. But the eighteen-year-old, you know, my my cousin, she's a first cousin. Oh. Um, and she died. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And and the worst part, you know, they would take the bodies. They took the bodies. Yeah. So for the longest time, you know, my uncle didn't even know what they were. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. A new layer would be added to Patty's trauma each day, burying her memories of beautiful waterfalls and mango trees deeper and deeper. But still, she had to try continue living her life. The unpredictable attacks became normal. Citizens of El Salvador simply had to structure their lives around this constant terror. They still had to go to work to provide for their families, and Patty still had to go to school. Oh, so you're, are you still 15? Um, I came in 85. I think that happened like 83, so I was probably about 16. Okay, so were you going to school? Yeah, I was in high school. school. And were your parents, able, your dad able to work? And Yeah, yeah. In fact, my dad, I mean, he worked, he, he was a government employee, you know, he worked for a health department. There was a time where, uh, you know, I was just walking, uh, uh, walking, um, and my I grew my nephew grew up in the same home you know he was the son of my oldest sister he was six years old younger than me and we were walking around and he just like he goes like Patty look and I didn't know there was a body there oh wow that was eaten by animals already oh god so you know and on the way to school wow there would be like body parts, heads, like sitting in on, on sidewalks, that they would come with the blood and put a cigarette on it. Oh. One time, the shootings were in our neighborhood and nearby. They left about 10 bodies that no one would pick up. The animals started eating those animals. Uh, and the reason that they were not um, picking them up, I guess, that way they would return for the bodies and they would ambush. Right, right. Uh, so they, they, they wouldn't come. Patty's daily path to school grew littered with horrors. But in that stubborn bravery that she'd learned from her dad, she kept on going back. Of course, it was a matter of time before the war invaded her own family. It started with her dad. He uh, was taking some medication to to another city, to another town outskirts. Okay. And and they um, they 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 stopped my dad, and he knew that he had medication on board. Mm -hmm. And then um, they took him with them, and they had a gun on his head the whole time, and telling him, "This is where you're gonna take us," you know. Oh my goodness. And, and my dad remembers that, you know, he, he kind of knew that road, but it's like up mountains and stuff. 
he kind of knew that road and in his mind is like, I'm gonna die anyway, you know, so I'm gonna just go on the cliff. So right before that cliff that he was planning on just, just going, you know, they told him to stop and, 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 and to leave the, the, the boxes of medication. And, um, but my dad was just, when he came home, he was just shaking, oh, you know, wow. to what, what happened to him. And after that, her brother was targeted by the brutal death squads. Yeah, there was another uh, thing that we, we experienced was, you know, my brother was a teacher and, okay. and, and supposedly, you know, teachers in universities and, um, they were forming um, groups that, you know, terrorist groups. And oh, okay. so teachers were really targeted over there. Okay. And, and my brother was a teacher. He wasn't really involved with anything, but there was a time when uh, the dead squads would come and whoever was going to die, they were going to put a red hand on your door. And they came and put a red hand on his door. So he he took off um, he took off to Costa Rica, you know, out of fear. Um, okay, so there's there are people that were that were known as the death squad. Death squads uh, that was really the military. So your military would come through and do that. Oh my goodness! It is a lot going. You know, one would blame one party, the other one would blame, you know, about all the, all the uh, deaths that were happening. So wow. no one would take charge who did it. Okay. Everybody would hide, okay. you know, who did this or that. But what I knew, and because I was a teenager, I was not really paying attention with right, politics right. or anything. Um, but yeah, that that was very frightening, you know, so he had to take off. Uh, but then at the end, you know, I think he lived in Costa Rica for a couple of years. And then he said, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I, 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 I have, I'm, I'm not part of anything, you know, I'm not involved in anything. And I'm going to come back. So, wow. so he did. So nothing happened to him at the end, you know, okay. but. But still, um, it was frightening, yes. you know, to, if you had the red, that's what they call it, the red hand. If you got a red hand on your, on your door, you know, you were going to get killed. So, um, and then another scare we had was like, they came and told us they had killed another brother, which was the closest brother I had. Oh, and that was frightening too, yes. you know. So all this instability, you know, yeah. hostility, you would go into, like, make a trip to San Salvador, the capital, you know, or, and, and you would take the bus. You, you didn't know if you were going to be pulled off and just, right. okay, you stay here. Wow. And, and I mean, we, we lived that hostility. Uh, we would feel so vulnerable, right. you know, to, to die, just... Right. Just because they wanted me to just stay there or, and I remember, you know, they, they just put us against the buses and open our legs like that just to check to see if right. we had guns or anything. And every bus will have to, um, to stop 
this was the military that that was the wow. you know so um uh yeah a lot of uh traumatic events you yeah. know that that i had to to go through yeah so that was the the hardest thing that was the time when my mom decided that i needed to leave patty's homeland had slowly slipped out of her grasp and her childhood had vanished in an instant she and her family tried to hold on to each other for as long as they could but there came a day when patty had to once again be separated from her parents Unlike that day when she was a little girl, just playing with her neighbor around the corner while her parents panicked and searched everywhere for her, this time Patty was fully aware of how terrifying it would be to leave her family. This would be the bravest thing she would ever have to do. But there were only so many times that she could walk to school through a street covered in corpses. It was time to leave. Join us next week to hear about the new life Patty built here in the United States and how she uses her story to inspire hope and change in others. Thanks again for listening to Kaval the Podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kavatha Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.